Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Bill Poirot. And I'm your crime scene criminal witnesses and Hastings, Danny. This is episode two of The Mysterious Affair at Styles, I guess. I've realised I don't need to come up with a fun alliterative title for it. No. Oh, what fun. We have such freedom. So in part one, it was just me, Hastings, explaining that there had been a murder to you and telling you a little bit about the situation leading up to it. Yes, and now finally. You're getting on the scene. Which I believe is the name of the chapter that we kind of got up to, (laughs) is Poirot Investigate. So I think I... I think I timed this out pretty well. Yeah, quite perfectly. And so, Poirot, since you're about to get into the Inglethorpe house, I should probably give you a slight reminder of who you might meet while we're there. Yes, who are the players in this scene? (laughs) So the poor victim was the elderly Mrs. Inglethorpe. Yes. Who has recently married the much younger Alfred Inglethorpe. Yes. Who has recently returned to the scene after not being around last night when the murder happened. Yes, he was off at uh, Denby's house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's, that's a fake friend. You can't invent a friend. What was your friend's name, Alfred? His name was Denby. Yes, that'll do. (laughs) Mrs. Inglethorpe has two stepsons. Mm -hmm. She's been their stepmother for quite some time, John and Lawrence Cavendish. Yes. John has been married for two years to Mary Cavendish, Mm -hmm. who is the smoking hot one. Yep. Also living in the house is Cynthia, who is a younger, I wouldn't say ward of Mrs. Inglethorpe, but something along those lines. Daughter of a friend. Exactly. Person taken in from her poor circumstances. Sure. So she's a younger girl. And she is a dispensary worker at the hospital. Indeed, that's right. There's also a good handful of servants, maids, gardeners, all of the like that you would see in an opulent house like this one. One uh, worker who is very much absent is Miss Evie Howard, who was a long-term companion of Mrs. Inglethorpe, but stormed out after a big fight. Yes, a fight about Alfred. Mm. My second cousin is a a, a, a phony. Indeed, yeah. He's a gold digger. Mm -hmm. I'm Evie. I believe is roughly how it went. There was another fight as well. Oh, man, there were fights all over the place. Mary Cavendish had been in a small fight, but uh, obviously I wasn't. It. Let me see yeah, it, Yeah, I Mama. wasn't eavesdropping I mean, so much. Step, not step. Stepmother-in-law. Mama-in-law. Step-mama-in-law. Mm-hmm. That's too many. At that point, you don't even know the person. <laughs> and uh, we've heard third-hand, someone heard from Dorcas the parlourmaid that she had overheard Mrs. and Mr. Inglethorpe having a fight. Yes, and when they went to town, Inglethorpe didn't want to see Cynthia. They were going to go see, see Cynthia. Mrs. Inglethorpe said, yeah, fine. Uh, you go yeah, have, you go see you go have tea with Cynthia at I'm work off. and I'm going to go write some letters. And then when we got home, she had been very flustered. And yes. that's when we heard that these fights had been happening. Mm. Oh, we forgot. Uh, the two doctors, Dr. Bowerstein, a friend of Mary's, and Dr. Wilkins, Mrs. Inglethorpe's personal mm. doctor. Yes. And now Poirot is on the scene. Mm -hmm. That's me. I'm Poirot and I'm on the scene. Indeed. So the two of us arrive at the house. Dr. Bowerstein, uh, in the morning after all of the hubbub and the death was discovered, he decided that it was prudent to keep the door to both the Inglethorpe's rooms locked. So he took the keys, gave them to John, who was acting master of the house for the moment. So we'll have to stop by and get those keys. Yes, because I I was saying last episode, and I'm saying again now, I want to look at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. I know Poirot isn't generally a big scene of the crime kind of guy. He's oh, very today he is. But this was the first book. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe he was all Sherlock Holmesy. Not only that, Hastings. I am in such a meticulous mood. I have a map 
of the bedroom where the death occurred. Is there a map in the book? There is a map in the book. This is wild. Can I see this map? Take a look. Okay, so for everybody at home, I'm in a like a rectangular room. The entrance in the south wall is uh, an entrance from the main hallway into Mrs. Inglethorpe's bedroom. The sturdy one we couldn't get through. Off on the west wall is the door into Alfred Inglethorpe's room, and on the east wall is the door to Cynthia's room, mm-hmm. which at the time of the murder were both barred mm. from the ins- from this room. This From this room, mm-hmm. all three doors were barred. Yes, and you're welcome to verify that later when we get to it. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of... This is so Escape This Podcast. It there's really is. There's a lot is. of little things in this. Uh, they're all just indicated with little squares. There's a washstand next to the door, a wardrobe to my left. If I follow the room clockwise, I also see a chest of drawers, uh, a table by the window, a dressing table, another window with nothing beneath it, a fireplace in the northeast corner, uh, then the door to Cynthia's room. Apparently there's some candle grease spilled on the floor. I don't mm. know what that means. I'll have to ask Danny about that. A writing desk in the uh, southeast corner. Hey, Danny, why is a raven like a writing desk? Because people die near them. Fair. And in the centre of the south wall is Mrs Inglethorpe's bed and her bedside table, which has been overturned. Mm. Yes, uh, we noticed that when we came in to... Uh, when we broke down the door to look into her, we noticed that at some point during our fit she had knocked over this side table. Before you uh, arrived? Yes. Mm, perhaps it was knocked over prior to the fit. That may have been the sound that first alerted people to what was wrong. Yeah, uh, perhaps so. So, should I, should I make a little drawing of this myself? Just yeah. so I can... Uh, you just tell me if I'm missing anything. Yeah, sure. As I look around the room. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to see is, first of all, are those doors bolted from... Well, I suppose the ones that have been knocked open now... So you can take a check. Obviously, the main one that you have just come through is not bolted anymore. I don't understand how door bolts work, but whatever. Magical... I suppose once they once they knocked into the room, they probably unbolted it from the inside. I guess. So the main one was just locked with a regular from old key. From the outside, key. yes. So that one was now no longer bolted. Uh, the one to Alfred's room. You can take a look. Yeah, the door isn't so much on its hinges anymore. The bolt does look like it was in place. It does not look mm. like it's been tampered with or messed with in any way. Yeah, I'd be able to see that the door frame has bolt marks from when they tried to smash exactly. the door open. The one over on Cynthia's side, it also seems fairly intact. Apparently, this is the one that's always bolted because there's mm. never any real need to go between no. those two rooms. Uh, you give it a couple of test back and forths, and it comes out quite seamlessly and... You notice something. Hmm. There's a tiny, tiny sliver of fabric stuck really? to it. In the bolt? Yeah. A slight sliver of dark green fabric. I found a clue, everybody. I don't often find clues. Hmm. I'm going to turn to my new page and make a little clue section. You know what? I prefer the British version. I'm going to make a Cluedo section. <laughs> okay, clue. Green fabric... Like a torn piece of green fabric? As only, if it's come off a dress or a... Or uh, a... It has been described as only a thread or two, but recognisable. Maybe from a dress. Interesting. Okay, and that's on the bolt. Does it look like it's positioned in... And again, you may not have this information. It's a public domain murder mm-hmm. mystery. Does it look like it's positioned in such a way that indicates it may have something may have been caught by the bolt at some point when it was either opened or closed? That's as a... if someone has been manipulating the bolt? Good question. I have no idea. All right. Well, I'm going to assume it probably has. Why would there be fabric in it, it unless someone's been manipulating? It does something in the bolt yes, itself. Yes, exactly. In the bolt itself. Mm. That to me is, that means this is not a door that has stayed bolted the entire time. And did you mention as well that it didn't make much noise when it, I opened it? Yes. Interesting. So someone may have opened mm. it secretly, surreptitiously, 
if Cynthia was sleeping, you could feels like you could easily open that from that side and go into her room. Though, how to bolt it behind you? A different question. question. In fact, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that the, the issue here is, is murder, most foul, poisoning. Mm -hmm. And therefore, likely, the poisoning happened earlier than the, than the death occurred. But is there a chance all the doors were bolted so, so no one could have come out of the room? Mm. But can I investigate the windows? I would be interested in seeing whether or not there's some way to escape by the windows, as if someone could have murdered her, left all the doors bolted, and escaped through the window outside the house, like Dr. Ballastine, who was then conveniently walking <laughs> around outside. He's my current number mm. one suspect. From what I understand, the windows are not really... Uh, an option in this regard. Okay. I, I haven't found information as to why, but it is immediately written off as a, well, obviously you can't go out the window or climb up up the window. Okay. Too high, no trellises, mm. things like that. What you do see as you're examining the left-hand window. The one with the table underneath. Yeah. Uh, on the carpet, the carpet's dark brown, but there is a small round stain and Ooh. it appears from just the slight hint of smell coming off it, it was coffee. Ah, now she was given a coffee by Cynthia. She asked for a coffee that Cynthia went and got for her that was one of the suspected methods of poison ingestion. Mm. It happened before the first seizure. Seizure. Mm. Do I see a coffee cup or a coffee a mug anywhere? Uh, interesting that you see a couple of options there. So you do immediately see on the overturned table beside the bed, there's a couple of things that are scattered around. There are some books, some matches, there's a ring of keys. There's also a lamp that's been broken in two and a coffee cup that is completely obliterated. Interesting. Where is that, sorry? That was the overturned side, bedside table. Interesting. So not near the window where the stain was. No. Now, there might be more to say about that, but you also notice elsewhere on the chest of drawers, there are a couple of things. One of them is just a spirit lamp, like a little gas lamp, I guess. Yep. And the other, a small saucepan with a dark fluid dregs at the bottom. Again, coffee? Or is this the brandy? There is also a cup and saucer there. And you give it a bit of a sniff. Who knows? Maybe a bit of a taste. It looks like Poirot gives it a bit of a taste. Cocoa with a hint of rum. Now that's interesting. Do I know if anyone brought her that? People didn't mention bringing her cocoa At the and rum. moment, no, you do not know. And where is this? This was by the gas lamp. That's on the chest of drawers, yes. Also to have the coffee and the cocoa and rum. Maybe there was somebody else in the room. Maybe Alfred was in here. Sharing a drink. Poisoning a coffee. Oh, see, I'll, maybe, you know who I should talk to mm. at some point? Talk to Dorcas. Mm. That talk to the maid Dorcas, <laughs> or there was another maid Annie. Ah, uh, yes, that's who was the true. one who got the brandy? That was Annie. Annie. So if I can, maybe I'll find Annie as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if Annie gets talked to in the book. You may have no. You'll have to just make it up. Oh, I think it was this murderer. <laughs> um, okay. Well, if I look more around the bed itself, anything interesting? Any needles covered in poison? The bed itself, no, not particularly interesting. We can take a look at a few other things. Please. Now, I saw on the map that looked like there was a stain on the carpet. Oh, yeah. Uh, so not too far from the writing desk, there's just a spot of candle grease. And that's not the sort of thing that's too unexpected if someone's spending their time writing by candlelight. But the only candle that you see in here is one that I remember Lawrence brought in with him. But it's a completely different colour to that one. And as we both know, any good maid would have cleaned that up. So it must have happened very recently, perhaps through the night. Now, you'll have to excuse me. Mm -hmm. 
What the heck is candle grease? Someone had a candle. Uh, like see, wax? I see. Do they mean wax? Like candle wax. Does she mean wax? A large splash of candle grease. It must have been done since yesterday, otherwise a good housemaid would have at once removed it with blotting paper and a hot iron. Okay, sure. <laughs> so recent candle grease from a candle that I can't find mm. that doesn't match the candle that was brought in by John. Lawrence. Oh, by Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> by Lawrence. Yeah. Interesting. A mysterious candle. Mm. All right. There are a couple of other things worth paying attention to in here. Uh, anywhere else that you might like to go looks in, that looks suspicious. Well, the washstand seems like a thing. Is there anything interesting in there, like poison? You go take a look at the washstand, and uh, you do find something in here. You find a box that you recognise. It's the sort of box that a chemist gives for powders. You take a look at the label, mm. and it says that it's for a sleeping powder. Interesting. But it's mm. empty. Another possible medium for poison, mm. especially something that Cynthia could have... I'll ask Cynthia about this. One thing uh, that you do note, you see that there are typical printed out instructions for how often to take it. Oh, yes. There is no prescribing pharmacist's name. No evidence of who gave the prescription. Mm. Mm. Now, either that means someone gave it and didn't want it to be known, or it was taken, perhaps unofficially. Maybe Cynthia... We, we heard, we know from talking with Hastings earlier, that people here do whatever she says, right? She says, go get me this, go get me that, right? So it feels like maybe she has the pull to be able to say, Cynthia, steal this for me. Give me some sleeping powder. Well, even then, how much of it would necessarily be a stealing thing if you just know someone who works in a dispensary and say, hey, can you grab me something? Yeah, just doing it under the uh, the counter? Yeah, this is 1920. uh, Nowadays, I still wouldn't be surprised to hear that someone has that sort of access. Yeah, true. So, yeah. A hundred years ago, who can say? Maybe something's happened there. Now, there are still a couple of other things that might be worth looking at. Both of them on the right-hand side of the room. One of them, the writing desk. The writing desk. desk itself, of course, yeah. It has a big purple box on it, which is apparently a despatch case, as we talked about earlier. A thing that important oh, yes, documents yes, get stored Yes, I want to see in. if she was writing letters. It has a key currently in its lock. Just a little key with a little wire running through its... Hilt? What do you call the back of a key? Handle? I guess. So you know how sometimes that happens. You just thread a bit of wire so that it's easy to carry a key around. Yes, yeah, sure. So a that key is, ring? Well, a temporary looking key ring. Sure. Sure. It looks, uh, so the key is stuck in the box right now. You go over, you get ready to open it up, you take the key, and then you hesitate and you realize because of the nature of what might be contained in here, this might be the sorts of legal stuff that you are actually not allowed to look at without permission of either her lawyer or her next of kin. Now, their estate agent is Denby. Yeah. So maybe I'll take it to Denby. Oh, he's not the lawyer, though. Oh, okay. Uh, the, law- the lawyer may show up soon. Who would be next of kin here, Alfred or the kids? Depends on the will, sort of I guess. By if marriage. there were no will, you'd assume marriage. Yeah, I think so. You'd assume Alfred. I don't trust Alfred. <laughs> but either way, you, you nab the key just because. Yeah, no one else should have it. Yeah. I should, I should know when it's open. Hmm. So beyond that, anything else? Any one last place that you think might be fun? Map. The bed. No. Under the bed. No. Behind the writing desk. It's sitting sort of diagonally askew. <laughs> no. And there's a space hidden behind it. The fireplace. Yes. Come on. This is an Agatha Christie. I forgot there was a fireplace. Don't ask That's why me. I gave you the map. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do this now. I think I'm going to tell people to not at me in real life. <laughs> Danny, don't at me about this. So 
you have a little flingle through the fireplace. As one does. You find a small fragment of a piece of paper amongst the burnt residue. It feels like pretty sturdy paper. This isn't your standard everyday letter writing. This is some fancy paper. And this is what you see. Oh, there are so many illustrations in this book. I've never seen an illustration in an Agatha Christie novel. (laughs) Why is she doing all these illustrations and things? Did, Did this last... What's the second Murder book? on the Links? I don't remember that much about how oh, that one goes. Oh, she should have kept up with the with these. <laughs> this is great. Okay, hold on. A slip of paper, and it says LL and, and two lowercase L, as mm-hmm. if it's the end of the word uh, Will or Bill or Will, like her Will. Will and Testament. <gasps> will and Testament is definitely someone's burnt a will. She changed her will. Someone killed her took the will, threw in the fire, burnt it, because Alfred will now, by default, inherit everything. Alfred also went to the estate agent to talk about the estates on the day. He's the murderer. I've I've solved it. Cuff him. Cuff him. (laughs) I've solved it, everybody. Well, it's a quick one. We put the cuffs on Alfred, and we move on with our lives. Yeah, you sound sound just like me. We go to the links, and we do whatever that second mystery that Poirot did was. I think that's the one where Hastings gets married afterwards. Oh, good old Hastings. I don't think that marriage lasts. No, it very much lasts. Why does he never mention his wife? He does. Quite a few times. <laughs> I don't know if he does. A significant what part. Why does he never talk to her? A lot of the second one. In the second, in, in Curtain, he spends a lot of the time mourning because she's died. Oh, no, it's, it totally didn't last. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> I had no idea. I've read a lot of Poirot. I had no idea he was married. I just reread Big Four, and the Big Four uh, threatens to kidnap her a lot. Does she ever get meant? Does she ever appear in any of the books? Yes, the second one. Yeah, other than that, other than when they get married, does she ever appear again? I th- oh, I think maybe once more. He's doing to spend more time with his wife and less time with this. Oh, it's with actually this small bald man. It's actually, well, there's a big portion where Hastings is supposed to have gone away to South America with her, and so she stayed behind in South America while he's come back to England to catch up with Poirot. <laughs> Yeah, stay st- stick with your wife, Farrell. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, so that's a that's an incriminating slip of paper. Yeah, now you found a good deal of points in the, uh, of important clues in this. No, room. no, now, I you're right. You? I got a, I got a bunch of points. My scores are like two hundred and fifty now. Points of interest. <laughs> what would you say are the most interesting things that you've just found? On a review of this room, mm-hmm. here are the interesting things that I have found. Obviously, will and testament burnt. Mm-hmm. Important about motive. Mm-hmm. It means that the will may have. Had is a probably lot of relevant in some way. Purple dispatch case. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting for later. Mm-hmm. The sleeping powder. I gotta find out from Cynthia if she has a connection to that. Mm-hmm. Another medium for poison. Mm-hmm. The fact that there is a second unaccounted for drink of this cocoa and rum. That to me is important for mediums of poison. Don't care so much about oh, the fact that there's a coffee stain on the ground. I mean, she maybe didn't drink the coffee, or it was from the drinking of the coffee that suddenly she was getting poisoned and she's dropped it. Mm-hmm. But then the coffee cup would be smashed by the window and not by the bed. What did I say about that coffee cup? You said that it was in smithereens. Yeah. If you dropped a coffee cup, is it carpeted? It's carpet. It wouldn't smash to smithereens Probably if you dropped it off a bed. not quite so bit. much, no. Someone has taken the coffee cup from the window or somewhere else and they have smashed it or some other cup. It's possible. That's, that's not a natural smash. No, it definitely, the more you think about it, the more it looks like someone has ground their foot into it. Ooh, that's, well, mm, Something along those It may have also smashed in the the response to her seizures. 
Possibly. I do not recall such a thing happening at mm. the moment. Oh, you're hazing now? Yes. Okay. It may have done. But yeah, you, the more you think about it, the more it looks like this was a deliberate thing, that coffee cup. Mm. And why might someone have done that? Like you say, to hide where it was, that could be to a thing. To hide where? To hide, to make it unexaminable? Mm. Oh, for yeah. traces of strychnine? It is very much unexaminable. Someone's trying to hide the strychnine. Or? Or hide that there was no strychnine. That could also be interesting. Because there could be an in the event of my murder part of the will. <laughs> Maybe someone's trying to make it seem like a murder. Oh. <laughs> Maybe Bu- Buford. Maybe someone's framing Alfred. Maybe someone's framing Alfred. Who knows? Or maybe they're just trying to hide how they actually gave her the strychnine some other way. Yeah. The why you would do that is a bit silly. Oh, for sure. Unless you're Cynthia and it was in the, uh, in the well, wouldn't. No, you, like, if you were Cynthia, you, you'd want to not make it seem like <laughs> the coffee either. So. <laughs> and there's also this thread on the door into yeah. Cynthia's room implying that someone has been unbolting and using that. Have I seen anyone in my travels wearing a dress or pyjamas or suit well, that you matches the thread? Well, you haven't spent much time in this house. Tell me if I see anybody. Absolutely. And we can always ask around. Whose green coat yeah. is We do a green. quick check of Mrs. Inglethorpe's wardrobe and we don't see anything. Good, good thought. Good thought. Good thought, yeah. Hastings. Yeah. Now, you also have uh, this key that you've picked up. There was also, remember, a ring of keys that had fallen off the bedside table. Yes, so there's something else on the bedside table nab as well. those two. Oh, books, matches, all sorts of boring stuff. Yeah, well, you say that, but maybe it's not that boring. I know how people hide hints in these stories. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to the maids. I wanted to talk to Dorcas and I wanted to talk to Orcus. The poor forgotten maids. I didn't forget them. I no, just said I, I wanted to talk to them. They're forgotten to everyone else. Now, before I talk to them, I need to dis- determine who I want to talk to about what. Dorcas was the one who went off to get the doctor? No, that was Annie. Wait, yes. And Annie was the one who went to get the brandy. Yes. Okay, let's talk. Well, Dorcas was the one who went to get Bailey to get the doctor. That's right. Dorcas, didn't, Dor- <laughs> Dorcas is late. Dorcas is passing that baton. Mm. And Dorcas also knows about the fight. Ah, um, no, I've just said ask Parlamaid to get doctor. Mm. Now, I believe it was John who did that, but that section of the book is actually rather unclear. Hastings, come on, man. <laughs> All right. It was either John or Lawrence or, or me. Hey, yeah. It's very unclear. I'm pretty sure it's not me. I think it's John. Sure. Well, let me talk to Dorcas. She's got the cooler name. She gets the first interview. I'm going to make a Dorcas section on my notes. All right. So you're not going to interview her in this bedroom, so you make no, sure no, no, no. you lock up everything else. You go. You do a quick cursory check of Alfred's room as well. You don't find anything interesting, so you lock up that one as well. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I may as well. I'm doing cursory checks. Mm-hmm. What's going on Cynthia's room? She's probably in there. Ah, you dang. can't go in there. So you head back down to... Now, they describe where you conduct these interviews as the boudoir. To me, that's a sexy bedroom. Yeah, that's a sexy bedroom. But the way they describe it seems to be much more of an open study. All right, sexy bedroom it is. So uh, you're hanging there and Dorcas comes and she meets you. She's an older lady. She's got grey hair what? and a white maid cap. I picture Dorcas as being 22 yeah, years old. Apparently she's she's a bit older. I've worked here for 10 years. Is that your Dorcas voice? That's Dorcas's voice. That's yeah, pretty good. Mm. Uh, Dorcas. Uh, beautiful name, beautiful name. I, I would name my children Dorcas if the language wasn't changing to make Dorcas a terrible name. I have five daughters all with the name Dorcas. Well, that's just silly. How do you tell them apart? Why bother? Yeah, good point. Um, this is 1920 and they're children. Why would I care? Yeah, true. And all Dorcas's are pretty much the same. Um, Dorcas, mm-hmm. on, the, on the evening... Last night, when Mrs. Inglethorpe was found convulsing in her bed, mm-hmm. uh, I believe you were tasked with finding a doctor? 
Well, I I was down to get Bailey. Yes, yes, you 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 went and asked Bailey to get the doctor. Yes, absolutely. He went off in the car. That's his job. I guess he's the valet or something. You don't know his job. <laughs> I really don't. Can you tell me anything else about the night of the murder? What what happened? The night of the murder. You may perhaps oh. have no new information for me. I have very little information, so I was off duty from about. 5.36 onwards, so uh, I was peacefully in my own bed, which is quite some way away. It's not even in these wings. But what woke me when everything happened was the bell. You know, the servant's bell. She has a rope in her room, and she rang it, oh, bright and loud, and it woke me up right away. So I and the other servants, we dashed upstairs. Oh. Wait, did I see the... I must have seen that when I was in there, right? I suppose it's just on the bedpost. It's not very obtrusive. You probably wouldn't have thought it abnormal. That was... So when was that? That was before... That was when she was having her first convulsion? I, I, I guess so, yes. It's a, a damn good thing that we repaired it when we did. You repaired it? Oh, yes. Just Monday night. So two nights ago, the night before everything went down, we found that mice had chewed through the rope. What? Oh, that's a murder. Oh, okay. Did you tell anybody about the broken thing? Or did you tell anyone that you'd fixed it? Oh, as far as I know, we all would have known. It wasn't a secret. Hmm. But I can't say how important anyone would have seen oh, it. That just feels like part of a murder plot to me. You get you get a trained mouse, you chew through a <laughs> rope, and then she can't call for help when she's dying. And when you arrived, the door had been broken down? Was, was... Oh, no, not quite yet, but they were in the process. And that was Hastings and Lawrence and John. And yes, exactly. And uh, Mary and Cynthia were off in the other room. Mary trying to wake up Cynthia. Interesting, interesting. They broke down the door. You went and get the dog. Did you go back mm -hmm. up at all? I have no idea. That's fine. Then you probably didn't. Mm -hmm. Did you... I'll ask you about the fight in a second. I'm assuming that's what most of this discussion is actually about. That is where it um, starts, yeah. But I'd like to also ask, can you tell me more about what Mrs. Inglethorpe ate or drank that night? Did you bring her cocoa? Oh, no, like I said, I was off duty uh, a bit earlier than that. You'll want to ask Annie about the course, sorts of things of that happened later in the evening. Also, do you clean her room? Is that your, under your purview? Uh, less so, but uh, sometimes depending on the right time of day. For example, Annie can be a bit sloppy. There are some things that she's supposed to do at night. For example, uh, in the conservatory, the parlor, wherever people sit... Uh, the boudoir. They, they, had, they all had coffee last night, and uh, Annie hasn't bothered cleaning it up yet, so I suppose that will fall to me. <gasps> I'm going to count those coffee cups, going to count those coffee cups. Uh, please hold off for a moment, Dorcas. Understood. I don't know if I can actually do that because you're a character in a pre-written story, so perhaps you This is do, exactly what Book Poirot suggests. Really? Yes. He's just holding off? Uh -huh. Oh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> I'm the same as Poirot, the greatest detective. <laughs> I feel really good about that. Uh, <laughs> One. And also, um, what's up with this candle grease? We're not in the bedroom. Okay. Did you know there was candle grease? <laughs> no, I had no such idea. Oh, and cool. I definitely frown upon such a thing. Now, Dorcas, I believe you overheard an argument. You said that, that Mrs. Inglethorpe and Mr. Inglethorpe were having some sort of heated discussion. One doesn't like to gossip about these oh, things too much, not. but yes, yesterday afternoon I did hear something. I, I don't want to... Betray her secrets, but, well, you know, there is someone betray in this house them. that... Betray the secrets, Dorcas. Dorcas, tell me everything, I'm Poirot. Yes. Well, not putting any names to it, but there is someone in the house that none of us can ever stand. Oh. And when he first came here, it ruined a lot. 
<sighs> so I was I was going just along in the hall outside yesterday. Uh, not tea time. It was four o'clock, perhaps a little bit later. And so I happened to be passing along, and I heard the voices. Oh, her voice, Mrs. Inglethorpe, loud, angry. So um, it was loud enough. I I couldn't help but listen, and I. Let's be honest, I stopped to listen a little bit. Of course. Uh, she, there are a few joys as great in life as eavesdropping into an argument. She has a very clear voice, Mrs. Inglethorpe. You might know she's involved in many... She was involved in many societies. She gives good speeches at events, all that sort of thing. So, of course, I heard her. You've lied and deceived me. <gasps> oh, false one, you have deceived me. Also public domain. I have deceived you. Yes, deceived me. I'm just saying, we mm. could sing that whole song mm. and no one can see us. Yeah. Now, Mr. Inglethorpe, he mumbles a lot more, so I didn't hear what his response was. Just a... But then she said, how dare you? I've kept you, clothed you, fed you. You owe everything to me. This is how you repay me. Bring disgrace upon the name. And then he said something else. And then she said, nothing you can say will make any difference. I see my duty clearly. My mind's made up. And... No fear of publicity or husband-wife scandal will deter me. And then I thought I heard someone come into the door, so I made off. A scandal? I wonder what he has done. I mean, it sounds like a torted affair. I've got to be honest. Torted? Sorted. Tawdry? Tawdry. Torted is not a word. No. Have you heard about when Evie left? I've heard that she had an argument. I believe Evie said that... um, I'm checking my notes, checking my notes. Where, uh, she said that he wasn't to be trusted, that he was mm. a gold digger. But, mm. you know, appropriate 1920s parlance for that. Perhaps it wasn't mentioned. She also suggested that maybe he was spending a bit too much time at the Rakes farm, where I, I don't need to tell you, uh, the wife, Mrs. Rakes, she's rather younger than her husband and oh. rather attractive. Let's just leave it Ooh. at that. So it's like a double affair. Is there a term for... There should, why don't we have a different term for... Double indemnity. Yeah, why aren't there terms like an affair? Double jeopardy. But then like a double affair, <laughs> where both people are having an affair at the same time, mm. thus cancelling it out and there are no affairs at all. Oh, perfect. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to such thing, but... Rake's farm? Yes, yes, just one of the next farms over. Interesting, an affair, a tawdry, a tawdry, tawdered affair. <laughs> it must have been quite bad because it was around five o'clock... Mrs. Inglethorpe, she rang her bell, told me to bring her a cup of tea. No food. Cup of tea? Yes. Did, she, did you bring her a cup of tea? Of course. Oh, this was days ago. This is ago. at five o'clock. No, this is yesterday. Oh, it was five o'clock yesterday. Yes. She drinks a lot. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, she, she looked quite miserable. She was very distressed. And she told me that she'd had a great shock. She was holding a piece of paper in her hand. I don't know mm. if it was a letter. I'm, I don't know. It looked like it had writing on it, but she was just staring at it. So I told her, I'm so sorry. You'll feel better after a nice cup of tea. And she just sort of mumbled, sometimes to herself, sometimes to me. She said, everything's changed. Everything has changed. And she looked at me and she said, never trust a man, Dorcas. They're not worth it. Oh, and do you trust a man? Well, who can say? And she said, a scandal between husband and wife is dreadful. I'd rather hush it up if I could. She wants to hush it up. Did you get any more details, Dorcas? No, not at all. And then afterwards, uh, Mary came in. 
Mary um, the daughter Mary Cavendish, in- yes. John's yeah. wife. The uh, stepdaughter-in-law. Yes. I hear that maybe they exchanged some harsh words to one another, but I don't... I wasn't there at that point. Interesting. Now, as for that piece of paper, I have no idea what was on it, but if it was important, it would likely be put in her purple case. Ah, yes, her purple case. I need permission to open that purple case. Oh, I mean, good luck. She lost the key yesterday afternoon. Oh, but of course she had a spare on her key ring. Yes, I I have a key right here. Oh, that that single key there? Yes. No, that's the one she (gasps) lost. This is the one she lost! Oh! Where did you find that? I looked everywhere. It was in the case, Dorcas. Dorcas, solve this. Hastings, you're fired. I'm bringing Dorcas (laughs) with me. Dorcas, let's do this. Let's solve the case. Oh, please. Uh, Anything else you would like to know? You said she lost this key a few days ago? Just uh, yesterday afternoon, around midday. (gasps) I'm going to make a note in my Cluedo section. Oh, that's so wild. Thank you so much, Dorcas. You're so helpful. Yes. Anything else? I believe there's one more question that it might be worth asking. Oh, one more question that Poirot asked that I haven't asked? Is that what you're <laughs> well, saying to me, Well, there are a couple, but one of them of particular importance. Oh, so there's a few things I've missed. No, some of, we've oh, already... I'm so dumb! We've already covered most of them just in different oh, orders. I'm so dumb! Dorcas. Mm-hmm. Got to get this right. Dorcas. Who did the murder? <laughs> <laughs> Who did the murder, Dorcas? Who did it? Dorcas, 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 Dorcas. Can you tell me about Dr. Burstein? Oh, I don't pay any particular attention to the members of the house, apparently. All right, Dorcas, what do you know about green dresses? Yes! Oh, I'm so good at this. I'm the best Poirot there's ever been. Oh. Um, uh, Miss Cynthia has a green evening dress. Cynthia! Yes, you know, a light green chiffon material one. Does it look like this and I hold two small threads? That looks like dark green. Oh, so it doesn't seem like it matches. I wouldn't have thought so. It doesn't match how I'm picturing it in my head. And uh, I don't dream not a very common evening dress colour. I can't think of anybody else who has something like that. Okay, so I don't get much info from Dorcas. Hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you, Dorcas. One more thing. Dorcas, I asked about the cocoa. That she doesn't have any info. Dorcas, do you know if Mrs. Inglethorpe was taking sleeping powder to help her sleep? Oh, uh, of course, very regularly. Uh, Do you mean last night? I do mean last night. Oh, no, definitely not last night. Why definitely not? The box was empty. She took the last one two days ago and hadn't had any more made up. Interesting. Okay, the powder box was finished two days ago. All right, thank you, Dorcas. Well, um, if you would like to get on some proper walking boots... Oh. You can continue and hang out with me for the rest of the investigation. You can be my Hastings. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to tell me to go out to the gardens. No, 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 no. It's not a job for you. It's a, uh, it's a fun thing we can do together. You should probably look at it. It's a very nice garden anyway. There are some, uh, what are they called? Uh, French windows. The ones that are basically doors. Yes. Yeah, out here. And they go straight into the beautifully fresh flower bed, which Poirot spends some time admiring because it's perfectly symmetrical. Wonderful. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Good. You admire the begonias. They're Lovely. All freshly planted. And this is where you start asking how many gardeners this poor, poor place has. And because of the war, they only have three instead of their usual oh, five. Oh, travesty. Mm. Okay. Unless there's something crazy in the garden, like a thing no. that's been chucked out of her window down no. into the gardens, which is one thing I was thinking about. Am I below her? Have I, can I check the ground this below is, her windows? This is straight up, like, if it opened up, you could just call out to people out there or throw stuff out there. You could walk out through the garden. You'd get a bit grossed up, but you would. No, I meant more, is there anything beneath the upper floor windows from oh. Mrs. Ingleside's 
Oh, I have no idea if you are directly above, below, right I would like to check, but at the moment... It doesn't seem like there's anything. That said, while you do check this out, you do see it. There's a bit of dirt on the floor, not far from the French windows. As if someone's come in from the garden? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, no murder happened in this room, but a little weird. I'm not even going to note that down. I will. I'll put it in my Cluedo section. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Dorcas. Mm -hmm. I'll see you later. No problem. Well, I think I should talk to Annie. Yeah, absolutely. I want to find out about these liquids. She, She was the maid on duty in the evening, so it seems only fair. Annie comes in, she's much younger, and she seems like she's got a bit of morbid excitement about this whole thing, perhaps. She's a little bit bouncy, a little bit jiggly. I miss Dorcas. <laughs> Annie! Mm-hmm. Yes, sir? I had some questions for you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Anything I can do to help? Annie, just quickly, I saw the bedroom. There was some uh, candle grease. You know, that what? famous... I, I know that people, people mostly call it wax, but I'm calling it candle grease. Where? On the floor, near the between the bed and the daughter Cynthia's? Oh, well, that's absurd. Mrs. Inglethorpe, she doesn't even have a candle. She has a gas lamp. True, she does have a gas lamp. Don't you gas lamp me. I would have. If I'd seen anything of the sort last night, I would have cleaned that up. Hmm. Didn't see it last night. When did you last... Uh, did, were you in the bedroom since, since Mrs. Inglethorpe had died? Mm. Oh, no. Goodness, no. Okay, sure. It's been locked up since then, hasn't it? True. Interesting. Also, do you know anyone who would wear, say... A dark green dress. Green dress? Yes. Ah. Uh, like this fabric. I, I hold up the threads. I don't think anyone in the house has anything green. And uh, let me just, I want to get a clearer picture of, of the room. Uh, the door to Cynthia's room is always bolted, is it not? Oh, yeah, that one. That's never open. Never open. Yeah, not at all. So th- th- it would be ridiculous if anybody caught some kind of green fabric in there. Just for argument's oh. sake. That would be very peculiar. Well, it's always locked. Yeah, unless it's... Super old, older than I've been here. I wouldn't have. A, I would know anything and about that. What about the doorway between the two Inglethorpes' rooms? That's that's was bolted um, on the night of the murder. Is that normal? It was shut. I don't know if it was locked or not, and I suppose that would surprise me. I don't know. Maybe they got in a spat or something. I wanted to ask about you were the maid on duty in the evening. Yes, that's right. Uh, Dorcas leaves like five thirty, six o'clock, something along those lines. Yes, yes. And so I took care of most of the work after that. You know, moving things around, all of that sort of thing, sending letters, all now, that did business. You bring, did you bring uh, Mrs. Ingleside, Mrs. Inglethorpe, uh, coffee? Coffee? No, no. The coffee that all happened with the guests pouring things for each other. I do believe uh, Mr. Alfred poured out the coffee but then would set it down and then Cynthia took it back up because he went to answer the door or some such. So Cynthia took it up to, to Mrs. Yes, Inglethorpe. yes. Did you bring her a cocoa at all that evening? Of course, I do that every evening. Even with the coffee as well? Well, yes. Like The cocoa, she doesn't drink that right away. She leaves that in her bedroom and she drinks it through the night. Interesting. Was it drunk when I was up there? Yes, there were only dregs left. When did you bring up the cocoa? Was she, I'm assuming she was... Was she in bed by that point, or...? Um, no, not quite in bed. So, well, do you want to know when I took it upstairs or when I took it to her room? You take it upstairs and then to her room? Well, yeah, the kitchen, it's quite crowded. So, uh, Chef makes it up a little bit earlier. So, at about 7.15, I take it and I put it on a little table just to the entrance of the second story over in the left wing. Sure. I could show you on the map if you like. Yeah, why not? Here you go, here, you see a table, table oh, yeah. right there. And then uh, it just gets left there for a, a little while. Oh, she doesn't mind so... if it's cold. Does it... Okay, please go on, go on. And then at eight o'clock is when she wants it taken in. 
Was that were you saying you take up an individual cup and leave it there, or oh no, the whole saucepan as well, the whole uh, with a with a cup. Yes, of course, and it's just for her. Nobody else takes this cocoa. Nobody else oh, drinks. Oh no, the not at all. They wouldn't like it the way she does. Milk, sugar, and two teaspoonfuls of rum. Ah, of course, of course. <laughs> so that gives a half hour where it's just sitting. Forty-five a... minutes. Seven thirty, you said. Seven fifteen. Oh, I wrote seven thirty. That gives a full forty-five minutes in which that drink. Which we know goes to... Uh, look, I, I know what you're about to say, and I just got to tell you, that if any salt did make it into that cocoa, it wasn't me. Any salt? Yeah, there was some salt on the tray, and I figured, oh, what are the odds that that actually made it into the cocoa? I just brushed it off. I figured it had been there earlier, and I hadn't noticed it. But yeah, just some kitchen salt. On the tray? Yeah. Was it definitely salt? Did you taste it? Of course not. Does strychnine look like salt, Danny? It can be a white powder. Oh, my gosh. And it was on the, the tray that she brought the, mm. the, the cocoa up on. Mm. Was that tray in the bedroom? Yes. As she was saying, she brushed it off and then just took it in there and hoped that no salt had gotten into the cocoa. So who was strychnining stuff? Was this tray used for anything else? Like, does this imply... If, from a Poirot... Because I'm not in the real world right now. Mm. Like, so yeah, yeah. from a Poirotian perspective, does this imply that somebody... Would the cocoa have been on the tray? Someone could have poured poison in it and spilled a little bit on the tray. Potentially. Or was this tray used for like other foods and things? And it could be well, it anything was made up, throughout the evening. It was made up in the kitchen. So it's possible that something just got on it while it was in the kitchen. So maybe in something next to it, yeah. somebody poured some poison into the, into the spatchcock. Totally. And then, and then spilled some onto the tray. Mm. Was the poison on the tray before the cocoa went on it? Like, did she get the tray? She the did coke... not notice it until she went to actually take it into the bedroom. Ah, so it may have been or may not be. Hmm. Oh, not until she went to take it into the bedroom. bedroom. Not so, until the eight o'clock. So, so she didn't notice it on the way. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't there, but she yeah, didn't yeah. notice it on the way up to put it on the table. This is correct. So in the 45 minutes, there is a chance that someone has basically just put some strychnine on it. And then she's seen a little bit off the side and went, ah, get out of here. Mm. Oh, that was, I mean, that feels like the, the, the medium, surely. But not necessarily. Ooh, Annie. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. If you want to try your hand at solving this murder yourself, send your current theory in to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com and you may end up on our wall of detectives. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening. <laughs>